I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap for Round 13 of the NRL. Uh, you're here with Walsh. Uh, we got five games to review in the uh, first major buy round of the year. And the footy didn't disappoint. Uh, first of all, I just want to say a big thanks to Timmy Williams, who covered me for the weekly wrap last week and did a great job. I actually got the chance to go up to Townsville for the Schoolboys Rugby League State Championships in Queensland and, and saw some of the awesome talent coming through our state uh, in the uh, 15s and 15s through to 18-year-olds. Uh, it was a great experience, and I could probably rattle off a few names here, but... Uh, I won't do that, but there's no doubt that there's some young talent there that'll be playing NRL in the future, and we'll definitely be uh, looking at them for super, for super coach down the track. So, round 13 started on Thursday night at KO Stadium with the Redcliffe Dolphins hosting the Dragons, and the Dolphins taking it out with 26 points to 12 win. Thoughts on the game? Look, the Dolphins, uh, they're just a surprisingly resilient side. Well, it doesn't really surprise us now because we've seen a fair sample size of it, but they're just a side that doesn't really beat themselves very often. So, And then you've got the stark contrast of, of the Dragons, and and they're mentally fragile. You know, if I could sum them up, they, they really – have some things to fix up there. So the new head coach is going to have his hands full. It's not so much the talent. There's, there is a plenty of talented players there and there's some kids coming through that look really good, but I believe it's a bit of a cultural thing there. So they don't, I wouldn't say they have to do a full rebuild with the Dragons, but they have to do a, a cultural reset or a cultural rebuild, something like that. But um, certainly... Yeah, it was a good win for them last week on a bit of emotion with the new coach, but uh, they got bigger problems going on uh, down there at St. George. Uh, yeah, just back onto the Dolphins. Like one of the biggest knocks at the start of the year from all the commentators around, and, and you know, I think most people thought it was they were going to lack depth and how would they go as the year progressed. But if you look at it, I, admittedly, they've I think they've only got two players on the injury list, but. If you look at the game they played on Thursday night, they had two of their best players out in uh, Hamaso Tabuifido and Gilbert, who are in Queensland camp. And they've also lost their first choice halfback in Sean O'Sullivan. Yep, I know he's not a superstar, but he was their first choice halfback at the start of, start of the year. And they also have their spiritual leader 
in Felice Cafusi suspended in the forwards. So you take out those four key players, and I think if we looked at it at the start of the year and you said, oh, they're going to hit a game mid-year, take out those four players, and you probably wouldn't expect them to get up for it. But they won that game quite easily. So it just shows you how well the Dolphins are going at this time of the year. Uh, having a look at a few of the relevant super coach scores, and they are becoming really relevant, some of these Dolphins players, because of the run they've got coming up and also the fact that they played this week. So Jermaine Asako come through for owners, and I know a couple of lads that brought him in, and they're very, very happy about it. 100 neat after uh, updates, and he's got a projected break-even of 25. And I'll get those projected break-evens from uh, Jay Schubert on Twitter. He's really good. He puts them out pretty quickly, just does them himself, and he's not far off the mark. But, yeah, Jermaine Osako, great buy if you could get him. He's got a good draw upcoming, so well done. I didn't get him, but I wish I did. Jeremy Marshall King, another one. You'd be really, really happy if you got him. Another one that I missed, 89 points. Uh, he's in that real sort of super pod pod territory because not many people have him. So um, a few might have jumped on this week with uh, Harry Grant playing Origin and moved to him, but I'm not 100% sure of the numbers. Connolly Lemuelu, another solid performance without any massive attacking stats. So punched out a 62. I think owners have got to be pretty happy with that. Uh, he's got a break even of 87, but I'd just stick with him. He's got that dual position and uh, he's a solid play every week. Nick Arima, I know there was uh, plenty of chat about him in the Supercoach circles and he got a 46, which is okay for those who took him. Uh, he's got a projected break even of 23, so he's definitely a hold next week, whether you play him in your side or you need to play him in your side is another thing. And what position he ends up going into, because Hammer will probably back up after Origin, and then does Nicarima go back to five eight, and Milford back to the bench? Milford played pretty well, probably. Probably he goes into five eight, and uh, he's probably not a bad play there. The Dragons, not a lot of relevant Super Coach scores for the Dragons. Little the Hooker got one hundred and ten, which was he had a really good game. So he's had a couple of good games since he's come back into the side uh, since um, Anthony Griffin got sacked. DeBellin, 54. That's just solid. Jack Bird, 54 with a try. That was surprisingly low because uh, I thought he might have got a bit more with that try, Jack Bird, which evidently was on the sixth tackle. So the NRL's already come out and known their mistake, but luckily for them, uh, it wasn't a mistake that cost the game or anything like that, but it's good to see them come out and admit that they got that one wrong. There was a bit of a counting issue when they stopped the play and uh, the trial was actually scored on the sixth tackle. So, yeah, that's about it for that game. Um, the only other thing I'd say is just the way the Dolphins are going, I think it really is starting to cement Wayne Bennett's legacy as the greatest coach ever. Uh, just because his list is maybe like the worst he's ever had, possibly one season in Newcastle, but I still feel like his list was still okay. Darius, I remember he had Darius Boyd down there and he was starting to sort of go the other way at the end of his career, but they still had a decent side, but it was that year where um, 
they had the millionaire owner and he was going broke and they had troubles with him getting paid and things like that. So that was a really bad season they had. And then off the back of that, he left Newcastle in a bit of a mess uh, apparently and um, he got a bit of a bad rap for that. So I don't really know what I'm, what went on there, but I know that, that um, I have heard some commentary about Newcastle you know, some of the Newcastle old boys aren't very happy with him. I've heard the Johns brothers talk about it before. But apart apart from that sort of ending in Newcastle, he's just everything he touched turned to gold. And I think the knock on him might have been before, you know, with the Broncos, oh, how can you not win with sides like that? Well, the Dolphins certainly didn't have a list like that. You know, they might have had, yes, they've had some older forwards that have played internationals and, and have played origin, but, they certainly didn't have the spine that anyone thought they would compete as well as they have. So it's a testament to him and his and his crew there coaching the team. Okay, on to the Friday night game. The Parramatta Eels taking out the win 24 points to 16 over the North Queensland Cowboys. So it goes without saying that the, the Cowboys were a lot better than last week when they got absolutely rinsed by the Tigers, but... Their season is sitting on a precipice at the moment, uh, and, and I, I can see that in Todd Payton's press conference. So if we have a look at who they play coming up now, the Cowboys, they play Melbourne at home. At, when I say at home, they play them at North Queensland. They've got a bye, and then they play Penrith up in North Queensland again. And then in round uh uh, around 17, they have Souths. So they probably need to jag at least one of those three games to stay in contact with the top eight. And they're possibly, you could argue, they're the three best teams in the comp. Now, they may be affected origin-wise, so it might be really a godsend for the Cowboys, but they showed glimpses there uh, of the side that was last year, but they really are struggling to replicate the type of footy they did last year, which was played with a lot of confidence. And when you lose that confidence, things can go away. I read an article actually that said that they banned all talk of uh, 2022 because they didn't want to talk about the season they had last year and they're trying to move forward and fix up this season. But I think it's going to be a really tough end of the season for the Cowboys. Parramatta, on the other hand, they did the job, but, unconvincingly. So para, they're not really a consistent side, but they, they're a capable one, if that makes sense. So they're capable of beating teams on their day and when they've got that forward pack and Paulo and and that obviously he was out with origin, but they can really put it to any team in the competition, but they don't do it consistently. And this was a game where they were pretty down on energy and it's the type of game that they would have dropped in the past. So I think... Brad Arthur would be pretty happy with the result and just move on to the next game. So have a look at a few of the Supercoach relevant scores. Mitchie Moses, 98. So that's the second week in a row. He's punched out a really good, really, really good score for owners. G'day guys and girls, Tim Williams here from SC Playbook. Very stoked to have partnered up with Seekle for the 2023 NRL footy season. Gareth and his team, you might have been sitting there this weekend. You wake up on Monday morning and go, you know, I spent a little bit too much on the punt. The bank account's taken a bit of a hit. 
that Sunday evening game at 4pm, you put a same game multi on a first try score about to go with the rest of your punts from the weekend and thought, you know what, I might be getting a little out of hand with my punting this weekend and starting to get out of control with it. It doesn't matter. You've got a team here to help you out with Gareth and his team. So flick on an email at gareth.w at sequel, that's C-E-C-A-L dot org dot A-U. Give them a buzz on 02-9559-4013 or flick them a message on Instagram at Gambling. That is Sequel Gambling, all one word, lovely team, great group of people, free and confidential. We've had plenty of SC Payback listeners. Get in touch with them right now already. So uh, don't ignore it. Get in touch and fix your gambling. Cheers. Gutho, 79. So that's just typical Gutho, Gutho effort. Just effort on effort. Goes out there and puts up a pretty good score. Obviously, they've got the buy coming up now. So owners would be pretty happy with that. Dylan Brown. It's continuing to deliver these high scores for owners. 77, just what a class player. Really in that game, for anyone who was watching it, the cover tackle that he did on Townsend really changed the game. It was a special, special tackle, and that's the type of plays he comes up with. Mike Acebo, 70, just continues to score tries, but he doesn't have much base in there. Jermaine Hopgood, 68, keeps getting it done. I think he's a definite hold. Uh, yeah, and like I probably anticipated, Bryce Cartwright, 68. I think Carty's back. Just with all these injuries in the second row, he's getting that consistent footing. And when he plays minutes, he's showed that he can really score some points. So he's, he's probably a fair option. I mean, Madison's another three or four weeks away. So, yeah, knock yourself out with Carty. I'm not sure where Lane is as well. So it'd probably be worth having a having a bit of a look there on Lane and Madison and when they come back, maybe not worth a trade in now unless you're really flush with trades. Now, nothing humbles you like Supercoach and I put out an article, the final word, and in my article I absolutely potted Scotty Drinkwater and said he was a trap and I didn't think that he was worth bringing in, and he came out and scored 118. So I'll put my hand up there, but I still believe, even though he's got a great score there, and that well done to those people who didn't listen to me or those people who just don't even read my article anyway, uh, they've got 118 points for themselves, so that's good. But I still feel like he's got a tough run coming up. I went through them before. you got Melbourne, you got Penrith, and you've got Souths, and there's a buy in there in between. So... Even though a lot of the attack comes off Scotty Drinkwater, I reckon he'd be a pretty tough watch because he hasn't got much base around that. Uh, Reese Robson's been pretty consistent all year, and he punched out a 71. Helam Lukey, some people might have brought him in last year, uh, last week, uh, if you listened to Timmy early in the week, but then he backtracked on it uh, when Luciano came back, so he got that out pretty late in the week, but Warn people against getting Helam Lukey in. Nice try assist there and some powerful runs. He got a 70 points. So the Eels go on the bye now. And we've talked about the uh, how important the Cowboys run is. And if they don't jag one of those games against probably the three best sides in the competition, I think they can probably wave goodbye to the top eight. Okay, the Saturday night early game, the Warriors taking on the Broncos in Napier, Hawks Bay. 26 points to 22 win to the Broncos. Um, 
yeah, really, really tough loss there for the Warriors. It was a strange old game. The Warriors dominated, but the Broncos really scrambled well. Uh, and therefore, like, the Warriors couldn't capitalise with tries. There was something like three or four hold-ups in the first half. There might have been one in the second half as well. So it looked like the game was finished. Uh, fairly low-scoring game for the majority. It looked like the game was gone about, I think the score was 26-10 with maybe seven minutes to go. And then the Warriors' attack just exploded when they were chasing the game. A little bit like that game when they came back against Cronulla. Uh and Pompey was a, was a huge part of it on that left side. So they were shifting the ball out there. And obviously for those people that watched it, just a massive brain snap from Pompey. He created a bit of an overlap. It's hard to say whether uh, whether he would have finished it, the, the Warriors winger in Montoya. But, you know, certainly would have been better to see whether he had a chance to finish that because Mariner had dug into the line a little bit and then, then Pompey grabs him on the jersey and basically as soon as they see that on the on the review, they're going to take the try off him, which is a bit of a shame, but that's the way it goes and, and the Warriors have got to get back to a little bit more discipline because they did a few things that were old Warriors style, some of the mistakes and giving up the points after mistakes and just those dumb plays like, like Pompey did. They haven't been doing them as much this year and, uh, they've turned a corner with Andrew Webster and you hope that they can uh, – re- really important game for them next week against the Dolphins uh, in Auckland. So that's a must win, I'd say. Have a look at a couple of the scores. Oh, Dallin Watini's Lesniak. Huge shout-out to the spy who brought him in. Jeez, that's prophetic because he he has not actually done anything for a few years. Like, I mean, he, I don't even think he's scored over 100 or someone was saying he hasn't scored over 100 for a year or something like that. So for the spy to jag him, that's really, really good. And he's got a break-even of 10 now, so you're flying there. Charles Nickel Klockstad, typical massive effort performance from him. Great return for the owners. He's on. He scored a 98 and projected break-even of 27. So he's sitting pretty there. Adding for Noah Blake, another huge game, 74 points, still getting it done for owners. He's playing huge minutes, uh, you know, definite hold. He's pretty expensive. I'm not sure whether you'd trade him in now in the front row, but certainly, you know, you're not you're not going to go wrong if you've got him in your team. Tohu, a little bit down from what you'd expect from him, 58 supercoach points forward. Here's one for owners. Is he a hold or is he a sell? So he got 46 and he's got a break even projected to be 63 when we come through lockout. I mean, you probably got bigger issues in your team, but I think Ford could be getting close to being a sell in the second row forward position, particularly if you maybe he can help you get through Origin and then after Origin. He might be a sell to, say, like an upgrade to a feeder or something like that. So it's definitely one to keep an eye on. But he didn't play the whole game. He did did have some time off, which was interesting in, in the rotation for the Warriors. Sean Johnson, I brought him in, and he got a 39, which I was happy in the end I was happy with because he was sitting on about single figures for a while, and then he got that try assist. But 
I think if they really put it together, the Warriors, uh, SJ can start pumping out, you know, 75-plus scores. So I'm just going to go with that over the origin period. Uh, the Broncos, just having a look through their side, they didn't really have any Supercoach-relevant players in that game. But when we talk about the win, that's a sort of win from an origin-depleted Broncos side, uh, yeah, with with obviously all their origin players out, that really solidifies them as a top eight side. I feel so they they could be even higher. They could push for the bottom of the top four. You know, like the third or fourth position. They're going that well. I think they're on top of the ladder at the moment, but they have they're they're steely now. They're steely in defense. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I know you could argue that that last, they looked really shaky in those last few minutes and they could have got beaten, but they're bringing in these blokes from lower grade that are stepping up and doing a job. So I thought Tristan Saylor was really good. And Dean Mariner, he is a serious player. I spoke to some, uh, some people in the Broncos and they have a massive opinion of them. And when they lost Herbie Farmworth next year, uh, when he signed with the Dolphins, I was talking to uh, a few lads from the Broncos and they were not worried at all because they just said, we've got this kid coming through, Dean Mariner, and he's absolutely braining them in reserve grade. So they're pretty confident that he comes in. He's a centre, but he played at wing against the Warriors, but they're pretty confident that he comes in and uh, he certainly did the job against the Warriors. Okay, on to the late game on Saturday night. South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Canberra Raiders and 33 points to 26 win to the Raiders. Like I said, the Raiders have flicked a switch here and they've got a lot of points in them, which is exciting. They're an entertaining team to watch and you put them together with the Rabbitohs, who are always a good team to watch, and it was a pretty good game. They had lots of ebbs and flows and momentum shifts, so... I thought the Raiders did really well to get the win. Jack Whiten was outstanding, uh, and I thought Cody Walker was very good for the Rabbitohs in a beaten side as well. So the Souths haven't been at their best the last two weeks, but I still hold the belief that alongside the Panthers, they're the best two teams in the comp. Uh, They're just going through a patch here where they're struggling a little bit. Uh, So having a look at the relevant Supercoach scores, Damian Cook, 71 with a try, which was pretty good for owners who brought him in. I think a lot of people would have brought him in this week, missing out on State of Origin. AJ on the wing, 71. He's really warming up into this season. I can see him scoring a lot of tries on the run home. Cody Walker, 68. That was good without two of his major weapons in Latrell and Campbell Graham there. So Campbell Graham didn't get up for the game. And Keon Kalomatungi is 55. I thought that was a pretty solid return. And I'm going to have a look at their draw, the Rabbitohs, but he's going to be well in my thoughts for a trade-in very soon. I think I want to finish the season with him. Depending on what happens, I don't know whether he'll get an origin call-up because he was certainly in contention before uh, he had that injury that put him out for a fair while. So we'll see what happens. Corey Horsburgh. A uh, hundred points. That's just one that I've missed. I, 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 it's funny with Horsburgh because I was always a big fan of him when 
he was playing a couple of years ago, but since his sort of reincarnation now where he started to get more minutes and he's worked his way into that run-on side, I just really haven't believed that he can continue to put the scores together, but he has. He has. So, and I'm not really sure why. It must just be some personal bias that I have. But uh, I know Desi, he certainly reckons that he is a keeper uh, for the run home. So if you've got him, oh, he's a definite hold. And if you haven't got him, well, maybe he's a consideration to bring in. Uh, Joseph Tappany, 78. That's pretty good that's what we'd be hoping for out of our front row forwards those big scores so i'm pretty happy with that as a joseph tapany owner jared croker 60 which is a really good score for him but for owners you're taking into consideration in the press conference afterwards ricky stewart did say that he'll probably sit him next week so he's going to sit him for the game against the tigers on friday night just so they can celebrate his 300th game at home, uh, so that's a bit of a blow for owners. And he was pretty, he was pretty adamant about that. So I, I mean, he had, he still had to talk to Croker about it. But I think there's a good chance that they'll give him a rest. Uh, and yeah, he won't play that game against the Tigers. Timoko, 27, a uh, bit of a low game there for owners. And probably not super coach relevant, but Albert Hoppawade, 117 points. So a really good super coach score for him there. Raiders, as I mentioned, take on the Tigers on Friday night. So they would see that as another winnable game and one that, you know, if they want to be a top eight side, they need to win that. But the Tigers obviously coming off a bye and they probably are going to have Appy backing up. So he'll probably come off the bench for him, but they'll be on a high after the big win against the Cowboys as well. The Rabbitohs are going to travel up to the Gold Coast with a few players possibly backing up from Origin in Latrell. Uh, they might get Campbell Graham back. So And they're going to take on the Titans on, and uh, Jai Arrow will be backing up as well. So if he comes through State of Origin, all right. Okay, last game of the round. Just watched it. The Newcastle Knights getting a 28 points to 18 win over the Manly Seagulls. Thoughts on the game? Jeez, as a bloke who brought in Kalen Ponga. Actually, this is super coach specific, but as a fan of Kalen Ponga and a super coach owner, jeez, it was a tough watch. Uh, he got hit in the head. I shouldn't laugh at it. It was really it's quite serious, but I think he got hit in the head three times where you were just worried that, you know, he'd probably knocked himself out. But amazingly, he didn't have to go off for a HOA the whole game. So he played really tough. And thankfully, the high tackle and the couple of head knocks that he had didn't cause him to get knocked out or get concussed and he didn't have to go off for a HIA. And he played quite well. Like Ponga played quite well. They look they look like they were because you've got to understand obviously that it's a it's sort of a new spine because he's gone to fullback and they've trained the whole preseason with him at five eight. So there was gonna be some wrinkles to iron out there and I think that was the game they needed to do that. Uh Josh Schuster Geez, he looked classy early in the game, but just went missing after that. And I, and I guess that's going to be the knock on him, whether he's got the fitness to uh, finish off games. But 
certainly when he was on, he looked really good. He probably missed Turbo a little bit out the back with some of those uh, no-look passes. But, yeah, later in the game, he really lost his way and a couple of decisions he made with uh, fifth tackle options were were really poor. The Knights, um, I felt like they sort of dominated that, but they just don't seem to be able to get out of their own way sometimes. Um, I wouldn't say they were by far the better team, but in the run of play, they seem to be fairly dominant, A couple, apart from a couple of sets that uh, the Manly Seagulls got a few of their bigger forwards rolling, rolling forward. Uh, relevant supercoach scores, geez, I'm glad I have Greg Marzu and I held him. So this was his big one, three tries, 137 points, probably upgrades a little bit more as well because he had plenty of tackle breaks. And, yeah, if you were good enough to pick him as your captain, then you've had a really, really good week. Uh, I brought in Kalen Ponga, even though I knew that he's a chance of getting called into origin. He's a chance. Or he's obviously on the bye next week. But I just felt like he was going to go really big. He's been penciled in for a score of 86. I'm not sure whether that's going to go down. I don't think it'll go up. But a couple of the try assists that he got, well, I think he definitely got one of them. But I'm not sure about the other one. But I'm I'm not fully over that interpretation of it. The spy is probably better than me. But if he holds up with 86, I'm really happy with that for my captain. You know, if he upgrades a little bit, that would be great. If he downgrades, then I have to cop that as well. So Josh Schuster, 50. He wouldn't have scored many of them in the second half, but he looked really good, like I said, for the first half. The second half wasn't his best footy. Kepi, I know a few people have still got him and had to play him. 55, they'd be pretty happy with that. Ruben Garrick got the early try, 51. Samueli, Samuela Finu. 49 points. I think you'd be pretty happy with that. He had a break even from memory. Oh, it was the early teens, maybe 13 or 14. So he's going to make a bit of cash for owners. And he might have that left second row spot for a while because they've got a few injuries there. And he seems to be favoured by Seabolt over uh, the two Condon. Uh, and Ethan Bullimore. I should know his name. He's a CQ boy. So, yeah, Ethan Bullimore. But he seems to be, Fino seems to be the choice of uh, Anthony Seabold. So, Tolatau Kula. Oh, another shout out to Desi Tough Watch, mate. He brought him in as a pod a couple of weeks ago. Six points before upgrades. He got that sin bin for the uh, high shot on. Ponga and um, not great. He, he does actually look really dynamic when he runs a ball and he's really quick, but it's just not translating into super coach points. Uh, I think just last thoughts on the game. I think Adam O'Brien probably just happy to take the two points and move on. And, you know, they, they do have a bit of work to get that new spine combination together. Um, I can't even remember Miller taking the field. He might have been a laid out. I'm not sure, but I thought he was on the bench. He might just not have got on at all. So that may change their bench rotation as well. Okay, that's it for the week for the Round 13 Supercoach Playbook Weekly Wrap. Enjoy your State of Origin crew, and I'll catch you next Sunday night for the Round 14
SC Playbook Weekly Wrap. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.